0: Hey, everybody, this is producer Brian. First of all, thank you for listening to our first ever episode, 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street. I wanted to also let you know that four years later, we redid our review on this movie as episode 296. Just wanted to let you know it could possibly be a good companion piece to this one. Thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, don't go out there.
1: Hi everyone, this is Amanda Wiss, Tina from A Nightmare on Elm Street, and you're listening to Don't Go Out There, Horror Movie Review Podcast. Enjoy. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, and Mike, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There horror movie podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Nico Chen. I just want inter- to no, uh I always want to welcome everybody to the Don't Go Out There horror movie review podcast. I just want to say thank you to anybody who gives us uh, the time of day because this is something that i'm passionate about this is something that my fellow co-hosts are all passionate about and uh we just started talking about this on time on the timeline on twitter and and we said man let's do it let's go with it this will be fun so um so yeah uh my name is nico chin i'm 28 i live in tallahassee florida love horror movies ever since i was a little kid and uh i remember being about six or seven years old and my babysitter was watching me and my little brother, and we went to the movies, <laughs> to the movie store, excuse me, I'm sorry, to rent movies. Wow. Back in the day, you didn't have Netflix or YouTube. You had to go get VHSs from Blockbuster. And uh, for some reason, we ended up getting Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, I believe is the name of it. Great movie. And I remember being absolutely terrified when they dug the ma- when they dug up the grave. The lightning striking of uh, the, <laughs> the metal beam.
0: <laughs> and six. We, li-
1: we literally paused it and kept hitting play for the entire movie because we were so scared. I really don't know if that's the movie that hooked me, but that's the earliest memory I have <laughs> of watching a horror movie. So I'm going to roll with that. And, uh, and yeah, I just want to say thank you again for everybody who tunes in, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Drew, what got you into horror movies?
2: Uh, my grandma, my grandmother uh, spent summers uh, with her every year and my granddad and uh, she was bedridden. So she was always in the front, but they had they had all the TV channels. I mean, all the TV channels. So we would stay up all night two, three o'clock in the morning watching just Tales from the Crypt, everything else. She, she brought the love for it. But it's at the, my favorite movie that pulled me into it was um, it's called The Blob.
3: Oh yeah!
2: <laughs> it is the cheesiest thing I have laid your eyes on, but I absolutely loved it and just like I was always on the edge of my seat. I was like, I was like eight years old, but I loved it. And uh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one that's got. That's the one that's got me hooked, you know. And I have a fondness for uh, the the horror genre because of my grandmother, because of the the tight relationship me and her had. So it just kind of it just kept alive with me.
1: Brian, what got you hooked?
0: Hey, so, uh, name's Brian Hathaway. Um, so I can't remember what I, uh, ate for lunch yesterday, but I can remember this vivid memory for some reason. Um, I was on the school bus in fourth grade on the way to my grandparents' house to be dropped off. And, you know, I knew who Freddie and Jason was and stuff like that from, you know, just pop culture. But, uh, you know, the kid in front of me said, Hey, there's this new movie called Jason goes to hell. And at the end, Freddie's glove comes up and grabs the mask yeah. so yeah so yeah spoiler alert for that uh amazing movie that's uh you know splits a lot of horror fandom but uh jason goes to hell is actually my hook and uh so i went with my, my next door neighbor who's my buddy and we used to go up to tnm video and uh rent the vhs's and on, honestly i rented a whole bunch of movies just based on their covers and uh so that's kind of what what kind of got me hooked
3: so my name is uh, Mike Settle. I'm from Lake Wales, Florida, good old Polk County. Uh, what got me into horror? I-, I actually got into horror late. I saw the uh, first scream when it came out. I was way too young to see that movie, <laughs> and I know it's not scary, but it had a lot of it had a lot of gore and and violence. I didn't quite understand what was going on. It scared the crap out of me. Um, even though I know it's not really a scary movie per se, but I. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, hold on, but I also, so a little bit later, I, and I know this isn't a real horror movie either, but I saw The Sixth Sense, and again, I was young, I'm the baby here, I, and you, and you see the dead bodies, and it's really scary, and I didn't quite understand what was going on, but I know I didn't like it, so I took about, and listen, I was a giant wuss, okay, I mean a (laughs) giant wuss when it come, when it came to this stuff, and I, uh, the next horror movie I saw, and this is a true story. The next horror movie that I saw purposefully was Rob Zombie's Halloween in 2007. And, and wow. from that, now I know that that's late, but hear me out. After I saw that movie, I'm like, okay, this genre is actually the best. I went back and watched every single horror movie I could get my hands on. All the Halloweens. All the Nightmares, all the Jasons, all the Texan Chainsaw massacres anything I could get my hands on. And so from that moment, I've been hooked, man. And what really got me back into it was obviously the release of 2018 Halloween. It's clearly my favorite franchise. But I'm also a big fan of, of Freddy and the Nightmare franchise. But my favorite horror movie is John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween, which we are going to talk about at some point.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: So uh that, that's all of our stories, all of our horror stories, if you will. And the movie we're covering today, guys, the classic, classic 1984, a nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven's first big break, or at least in my opinion. uh brilliant director. This was the movie that kind of woke the world up to not only a c- kind of a psychological horror, it changed the slasher genre, um, uh, but it, it gave Wes Craven his his big break. And and I, and fellas, I guess we'll just start with the opening scene, which is you kind of think, and it's a good red herring, you, you, because it starts with Tina in a boiler room, and you and it's creepy, and you see the glo- you know, you see Freddie making the glove, and that just kind of gets you right in the mood, man, or, or it does me. I'm like, okay, I'm locked in, let's go. And you see Tina in the boiler room, and you think Tina is going to be your main character throughout this movie, and Wes would do the same thing. In 96, mm-hmm. with Scream, well, we'll talk about it. That's kind of a Wes Craven deal. But I really love that scene. The opening scene is one of my favorite scenes in all of horror movies. All of movies, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. I agree with you, Mike. Um, the opening scene of A Nightmare on Elm Street, um, in my opinion, might be the best opening scene of any horror movie that it's I close. can think of off the top of my right. head. Especially the, the classics, to me. Right. It's just... Uh, because you, you're wondering what, what, what's going on here, what 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 is this guy making? What is uh, what is this girl doing in this boiler room in nightgown? And um, so yeah, I agree with you, man. The um, it really sucks you in that first five ten minutes, man. It's great, Brian. What are your thoughts on that first opening scene?
0: Oh yeah, no, I agree. And honestly, I think what makes this movie right in the opening, you know, not only that scene, but you know, you can't really talk about it without talking about the soundtrack. Because oh, yeah. I mean, yes. uh, honestly, I mean, it, it's probably a perfect score. That's right up there with Halloween. I, mean, I agree. Just, uh, Freddy's coming for you, and and the, <laughs> the, the whole the whole thing. So, um, no, I agree, and I think that for the most part, this movie holds up fantastically now, just as well as it did, you know, all those years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a great point. To me, that's uh, that's how I kind of judge the older horror movies. How well do they still hold up in 2019? Like uh, I was talking to my mom earlier. I don't think like the movie The Exorcist holds up well to me. Like it's back then it was it was claimed to be you know the scariest movie ever. I rewatched it a couple months ago. I was like, yeah, that was The Exorcist. <laughs> but um to me just just the the character of Freddy Krueger is so unique because he's not just you know a, a guy in a jumpsuit behind a mask killing people. He's got you know he's burnt all over. He's got a unique uh, weapon he uses as a signature way he kills people, and um, he's funny. You know <laughs> he has uh, he has one liners. He um, he not only just puts fear into people. He like he screws with their head. Like he like he like in the opening scene with Tina. He like he cuts his own fingers off just to mess with her, and then he'll allow her to rip his own face off and just show the skull underneath it just to mess with her. I, I think Freddie is. I mean, he's obviously probably the. He's obviously the funniest because he talks, but I just love the psychological head games he plays with his victims in their nightmares. Um, Drew, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, uh, so, like the opening scene, obviously for me is actually my favorite scene, out of all the series, the whole whole shebang. That's my favorite scene. It's probably one of the to me perfect pitch game right. you know right. it's just it's just there everything that you need in that scene the kill the, everything that leads up to it and then actually the go you know it's just it's just perfect it's got humor it's got his sick humor in there and like you know with freddie it's just yeah um yeah i just
0: Well, and it's, and it's, it's just the idea. It's the idea that you, you can't fall asleep. And like you said, it's psychological. It messes with Mm -hmm. you on a whole nother level. It's supposed to be, you know, when you're asleep, it's supposed to be your safe Mm -hmm. space, you know, and, and it's most vulnerable and, and Freddie takes that away. And I think that that's the thing that this, this movie does better than I think the sequels. Um, Whereas, you know, in the sequels. It was a little bit more comedy based, you know, uh, you know, new line became the house that Freddie built and, you know, um, is, as he became more marketable and, and this one, he's, he's scary. And, and this movie kind of takes that blurry line and you can't really tell as much as you can. In the sequels like what's a dream, what's real life, you know, what, you know can, can we tell if this is you know, like, you said, a dream or, or part of the part of the, the movie, the real life part of the movie. Right,
3: and and everything you just touched on, I have almost that exact same thing written down, man. I mean, in this movie, Freddie is scary. And that's right. the difference between this movie and some of the other movies that come later, is he's legitimately scary. The look of Freddie, by the way, the makeup artist, had just got done with Michael Jackson's Thriller. And so the same makeup guy did the original Freddie makeup, and he does a great job. He makes him look like a real burn victim. Uh, he, <laughs> uh, Funny behind-the-scenes uh, story, he... Uh, uh, Right. He actually he he actually designed the look of Freddy on a pepperoni pizza. Oh, wow. And yep. and, that, and <laughs> that's, that Right. And that's exactly how that's exactly how Freddy's face kind of looks if you know that. If you don't know that, maybe you don't think that, but once you find that out, you can't unsee it. It's still scary, yeah, but a I do see uh pizza, but I mean, the look of Freddy and the in the the atmosphere, the cinematography of this movie is great. Just the the way it's shot, the it never, it never shies away from just being scary. Even the daytime scenes have a weird kind of atmosphere, and you know, and we'll talk about it later. But the scene in the classroom where it starts to transition into a dream, but you don't know that, yeah. and that's something the later, the later sequels don't do well. They, when it's a dream, you know, because all right. this crazy, out there, weird, wacko stuff happens. But in this movie, it's so seamless, you don't know. Uh, I mean, you don't know that uh that she's fallen asleep and I think they do that really well. And again, the score, and you mentioned it and I meant to So it's, oh, it's on this. The score is great. The score is probably the most underrated. And I know Halloween gets talked about and it's a great score. And I know the Sha-sha! thing from uh the Friday movies gets a lot of love. But uh this score is probably my favorite. It really is. It's out
2: there. I mean, with you think with without it being the score being as great as it was, if it had been something else, I think it might have would have lost a little bit of flavor in the actual movie. To be honest,
1: I agree. I agree. I agree, hundred percent. I actually uh, read an article today that I didn't know this, but on October fifth, two thousand fourteen, um, Wes Craven went to Twitter. It was the thirty uh, year anniversary of the movie, and he actually tweeted that Freddy Krueger's appearance was inspired by a man. Who stared at him through the window one night. Right. So that's uh what? just combining that with the, the out of here. pepperoni pizza. Nightmare fuel. Just, Nightmare just, fuel, uh, man.
3: <laughs> Big <yeah,
2: kind> of. <laughs> time.
1: Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um one more one more thing that he tweeted that I'd like to bring up because it's in the beginning scene too. Is uh you remember when uh Nancy's laying in her bed and she has the crucifix with her? Mm-hmm. And um you see the the image of Freddy's head and his arm and his, you know, his razor glove coming out of the wall? He tweeted that this scene was shot by stretching spandex across a hole and having pretty press against it. I didn't know that either. I didn't know if um, that's just, right. you know, one of them scenes you're like, oh, shoot, you know, they made the uh, remake. Oh. Um, that's such an awesome scene. Yeah, I don't I'm not going to get into the remake, but uh, <laughs> that was such a great scene to me, too, as well. Just the stretching over um, over Nancy's head. And uh, Mike, uh, did you want to talk about uh, Tina's actual death and how they pulled that stunt off?
3: So, I mean, I'll go into it a little bit. Then I'm going to pass it off to Brian. He might have better notes on it. But just the way they use that rotating room. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people don't know that, but they they nailed or screwed the, all the furniture into the ground and then had a set where they could flip the room. And it, it it's done really well. And I, I know they used it again later for Glenn. We'll talk about Glenn's. But um, that's probably my favorite death scene. And Glenn's is great. It's got all the – it's the most famous one anyway. It's got all the blood and stuff. But but I really love Tina's death, the way she's dragged up the wall. Man, I, I the first time I ever saw this movie was like – I went and watched it right after I got done with Halloween 07. Like it might have been four days. <laughs> I started oh, wow. binging Nightmare, and that scene scared the crap out of me, even in 07. <laughs> and I wasn't that young. I just remembered, ah, what in the world? What are so
2: you, you still <laughs> a big puss, then too?
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I had moved on. No, no, no. Hey, I'm still a big puss, pal. No, so no, uh, no, I, I love that scene, and, and uh, the way they shot it, the way they got that shot, I know it scared the actress to death. Like the way, but she was a trooper. She was a trooper more than once. She, she's in the body bag later on. She's claustrophobic, and she still did that scene. So, so props to her. I forget her name, but, uh, but big props to her. That the way they shot that scene was ahead of its time. I don't know a lot of other movies that had been doing it at the time i know they used it later in the electric boogaloo movie the same room at new line they used the same the, the same room to flip it but yeah man I, that's probably my
0: favorite kill out of all of them
1: brian you have any thoughts
0: uh yeah actually and i think it's kind of funny how you know if you when you watch a movie when you're younger and i guess my younger is a little bit different i mean i'm i'm 36 so uh yeah it was um but, uh, but uh, like my, when you're younger, your favorite kills, one thing, like when I was younger, it was the uh, the Glenda scene, obviously. And obviously, I mean, I think that's one of the most memorable scenes of probably any horror movie ever, but now, you know, when you go back and watch it again, you know, as an adult, definitely Tina's is my favorite. So, um, and, and, uh, no, the only, I didn't have any notes on that scene particularly, but I did want to say that, um. I did, uh, find out that it's actually, I don't know how many people know this, but it's based on real life events. This movie was Craven said he came up with the idea after he, uh, read an LA times article about a, like a boy suffering from nightmares, told his parents was, you know, he was afraid he would die if he fell asleep. So he'd stay up on end coffee pot in his room. You know, does that sound familiar? They found him and they right. found him dead. Yeah. They found him dead from a nightmare basically. So, um, oh, and wow. I know, I know Nika uh, said that he had some, uh, some notes on on glenn's death scene that was very interesting i think
1: yeah we'll um we're gonna we'll we'll get to that in just a little bit i got a question that just came to my mind guys um all right so when tina's getting murdered in her sleep put yourself in the in the boyfriend's mind or i don't know if that's even her boyfriend the dude she was hooking up with they were getting they were getting after it so they, they yeah, he was definitely taking her to Pound Town, and my man Johnny <laughs> Depp was—my uh, man Johnny Depp was hating life in the other room. But yeah. put your—I want you to put yourself in that guy's shoes right then. Like, what the hell are you thinking? Like, you get up, and this girl is just like freaking out, and she's like convulsing, and she gets pulled up a wall, and then she gets cut. Like, you get hit in the face by her head. Like, how did what? What are y'all gonna think of in that moment?
2: Oh, they ain't no thinking, brother. I'm running. I'm running. I was gonna say I'm out of here. Like, real
1: life, I'm running.
2: Like I see some shit like that, and I know there's nothing I can do. She starts going up the wall. Oh yeah, even with my wife. My wife started doing. She going up the wall something like that. I'm like, got to go. Deuce, Deuce.
3: <laughs> I'm out. Well, also,
2: 2019
1: right. we go live. You know, on
3: Twitter or Facebook. Me, <laughs> I'm at least gonna take a pic, though. I got you know, okay. Hey, I'm gonna take a pic, and there's a good reason why. Well, it like a selfie. And yeah, I am because in this movie they try to blame this guy for the death. I don't want to be blamed for this death. You see this crap? I'm gonna film the whole <laughs> thing. Good point. Good point. Right. I'm not uh, trying absolutely. to get blamed for this.
1: Absolutely.
0: Right, Brian. Yeah, no doubt. Um, exactly what you said. Nowadays, you know, you you'd film it probably, but. When I watch scary movies, and especially like you know, as I got a little bit older, it wouldn't actually scare me because you'd put yourself in somebody's position and be mm-hmm. like, oh, "Okay, well, i do that differently." Oh, well, that wouldn't happen. You know, somebody would do that really differently. But right. it, like in the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, like you know, if you're the guy in that movie, you are you're done. Not, like dude, right what? off the bat. Uh, anyway, and so, so I can't like wait to break one, that movie down. Right. So, like in this one, um, well. I, uh, it, it's the same thing you know it's like all right well what would you do well you'd be framed for murder the same way i mean unless it was 2019 you had a cell phone so
1: well after that scene um you know the cops show up the three the other three kids they're freaking out like what the hell just happened and um the next day nancy and uh rod are walking to school and the cops catching and this is where rod goes to jail and, N- and nancy is at school i think this is another great scene Nancy's, Nancy's napping school. This is another really, really good scene. And, you know, she's, you know, just in the back of the room nodding off. And uh, all of a sudden she wakes up and she sees Tina's body in a body bag in the hallway. Oh, and, you right. know, and of course, typical white person in a, in a horror movie, instead <laughs> of avoiding the danger, they run to it. So, <laughs> and she starts chasing his body down the hallway. And uh,
0: Nancy. Yeah.
1: And, uh, wow. and she runs into the hall monitor
0: with uh, the,
1: the red and green sweater. And uh, we know who wears the red and green right. sweater Do y'all have any thoughts on this scene?
3: I do, real quick, I'm going to jump in and then I will pass it around So this is my favorite scene, okay? Really? My favorite scene in the whole movie Because okay.
1: of what I spoke about
3: earlier Where they, you can't tell it becomes a dream until the boiler room you, okay. And I love that you can tell but you can't Something feels a little off about it but it's so subtle it's really hard to you're questioning the whole way through right 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 you're kind of wondering is this really like because there's no clue there's no giveaway that oh this is a dream now she just nods off in class and then i'm not gonna lie i laugh every time The where's your hall pass like that (laughs) right that's what i laugh every time and so again there's a little bit of humor in nightmare which is way different from the other franchises but i i love that scene man the Nancy, the whole, the whole thing, man. And when she gets to the boy, like, it's a great scene. It's my favorite. Definitely.
2: That's interesting. I mean, it's a, I mean, as far as your favorite, I, I'm, it's a good one. I just kind of t- shot me. That that's your favorite out of all of it, the whole movie. Yeah,
3: man. Yeah, I mean, man. It's-
2: but I'm like, yeah, like I, the reason why I liked it that scene so much is because instead of it just kind of dying dying down so quickly, that like they come back and they want to put you right back. They want to get that heart beating real quick, and then once you and you like I said, you're questioning yourself. You're like, is this shit? Is this really happening? Is She really seeing this? Is she asleep? Is she, you know, you got the questions, and then bam, they get answered for you when she starts going down.
0: Right well, this is one of those sequences where we were talking about earlier was actually scary. And yeah. like the phenomenal visuals, like with them dragging the body and everything, like, you know, it's it loses any of the comedy like the sequels had. And like this one just went straight for like, hey, it was. this is probably actually the first scary thing to me for, you know, for the movie. Right.
1: One thing I would like to bring before we move on to the next scene that I thought was very interesting is where did... I would like to know how Nancy got the wherewithal to burn her own arm to wake up. You know what I mean? I was just
3: <laughs> smart. It's,
1: it is smart. It is, but it's just like I wonder what would cause her to think that or to well, just do that. Well, Script.
3: <laughs> right. Well, that's true. But also <laughs> and something I want to talk about when we go over our positives or we could just talk about it now. I think Nancy is probably the best final girl ever because she's not just your not your run up the stairs and trip not your, oh, big, boot. you know, like they make fun of it and scream, but she's actually a, a she's a badass. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. she fights back, she's smart, she stand. you know, she stands on her own two feet, and that's k- kind of like, I'm not going to let you kill me, uh, I'm smart, I'm going to burn my arm, and while, in that in that moment, I know I wouldn't be smart enough, I don't know what I would do, I probably would just die. So, yeah. I know, so so I give her all the props in the world for that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, man, that's just, and I, you know, um, after after this scene, you know, she gets burned on the arm, and um, and now you know Nancy is uh, she's at the house now. Here's another iconic scene: she's in the uh, bathtub, you know, oh, yeah. her mom's the mom's scene. knocking on the door. Don't fall asleep in the tub, Nancy. Don't fall asleep. And then we all we all see what comes up next. You know, Freddie's glow comes out from uh, between her legs. And I wrote down in my notes that Freddie is high key a pervert. Because he's always, <laughs> yeah. you know, sticking his tongue out at all the girls. He's a high he's key child
3: He's
0: a high yeah. key yeah. child predator, oh,
1: for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the gloves come between her legs and all that. And then, uh,
0: by the way, if you ever are looking for Heather Langenkamp's autograph, that is, you can. That's the only picture out there with her autograph. Like everybody wants them to get that picture autograph. Uh, well, makes it right. <laughs> That makes
3: sense. All right, it makes all the yeah, it makes total sense. It's definitely her most famous scene. And by the way, this kind of brings me to a point. The practical effects in this movie are... They still hold up. The glove... I agree. Right, so, so I mean, I know that's, that's not that hard to do with the glove in the water, but it just kind of takes me to the point where the practical effects, they still hold up all these years later. I mean, it's been over 30 years now, and some stuff still... It doesn't look cheesy. That glove coming up through the water is not cheesy. When you're watching that movie at the right time, you're sucked into what's going on. She dozes off in the tub after her mom says, don't fall asleep. And you're like, I'm not going to fall asleep, whatever, lady. And then she dozes, and then that glove starts to come up. The first time I ever saw that movie, I was like, whoa, that's awesome. That's done really well. Right.
1: (laughs) It really is crazy to think that this movie is 35 years old, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's like, this movie is older than, you know, me, Mike. Brian was one year old when it came out. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. I know Mike's got some, uh, Mike. Mike Andrew has don't some. Don't worry, work. Brian,
2: I, I, I was one year old too, man.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, I appreciate <laughs> it. So I, uh,
1: <laughs> I know Mike and uh, Brian have some hot takes on this, uh, on the next kill. Now we're in... Uh, so, wait, before now, before we go, we go to the next part,
2: Andrew. one thing. So, have y'all ever, like, looked into and seen, like, the deleted scene? Like, the deleted scene with Nancy and how, uh, with, with Marge, her mom, <laughs> where, like, you know, they... Uh, they go into deeper detail of what happened or why they burnt Freddy Krueger, you know, oh, yeah. what he did. Hey, they, tell us
1: about it, because I actually haven't seen it. It's not on my right. DVD that I have.
2: I've heard about it, but I don't
3: know the details. So, yeah, go ahead, man.
2: I mean, like, I was going back and looking through it, and I was, like, looking at it, and they're, basically what it does is they they give more dialogue of why the parents and why they did what they did, you know, with the whole he's a child murderer and everything, and then that he... uh. He actually killed their their friend, her friends and family, siblings. So like she, one of her brothers or sisters was actually a part of like you know one of the kids that got killed by him. Like I haven't seen it either, but it was like in an article, and a part of me now wants to go see if I can find this deleted scene. It's got to be on YouTube. It's gotta oh, it's
3: be. on there somewhere. It has be. Be.
2: So I'm gonna, I am definitely gonna go search and find that and watch it because I'd like to know, a, why was it deleted? Or maybe after watching it, you can see why it's deleted. Right. But, I thought it was kind of neat that there was a deleted scene that had more info to do with, you know, your main character. Right. No, I, I actually
0: agree. vaguely remember yeah. watching that scene and like on, on the, one of the nightmare, uh, DVDs that I used to have, uh, before the Blu-ray releases. But, I'm, uh, it to me was a scene that definitely should have stayed for that exact reason. Right. Right.
1: So here's, uh, here's going to be another a hot topic for us. Um, Glenn and Nancy are meeting up now. They want to go see Rod in jail because they got, you know, this hunching that something's going on. And um, I know two of my co hosts aren't very fond of this death, uh, So they go to the they go into the jail, they start talking to the officers and say, Hey, we need to see Rod. We just want to see if he's okay. We want to see if he's okay. And they're like, Go home, go home. He's fine. He's passed out of sleep. He's passed out of sleep. He's okay. But they keep being persistent. and They keep saying, we just want to see if he's okay. We just want to see if he's okay. And then all of a sudden, we go back into the jail cell with Rod. And after this first amazing death with Tina, this <laughs> elaborate death with Tina, right? we see a bed sheet looking like a king cobra coming out <laughs> of us. And it just slowly wraps around this guy's neck. And, in, and as soon as they walk in, they see him getting hung. Like to me, guys, that's such such an anticlimactic death after Tina's death and the hallway scene. It's just right. I mean, I know it. I, my it thoughts was, are they could have done a little bit more. But what are right. you guys' thoughts, Mike?
3: Well, I mean, I agree with you that that uh, there, there's been a couple times when I've watched this movie that that scene takes me out of the movie. Like it's really kind of that bleh. And I look, I'm not expecting every kill in this franchise to be. Wow, I know that's what they did later, and it, it's but it's not even practical, in my opinion. I mean, if you're gonna do a practical kill, then just have somebody shoot him or stab yeah. him or something like every kill and scream. So, I mean, I just no, no, really, but I, I, <laughs> I uh, hey man, come on, I, uh, keep bringing scream up, brother. I do want to, I want to let the chopper sing. No, 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 we got that later, so but no. In reality, that scene doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and I'm just not a big fan of, oh, let's choke this guy. Scary, I I think it falls flat, especially after you've seen Tina's death. Yeah, it's
2: definitely flat. It's definitely a flat kill. Like Almost like either do it a little bit more with a little more enthusiasm, or sit up with it,
3: or honestly, just don't do the kill. Right. That's that's the only one that really annoys me. He's one that could be killed off screen, in my opinion. Like, you're like, oh, Rod's dead. All right. Well, you know, the
2: funny thing is, when I was doing some of these other things, I was like looking at some of the fan sites that they got there. And so I was like, what's the top 50 kills or whatever in all of the series? So, all, top to bottom, every series has been done. Like, they rank the kills. Do you want to know what it ranked as in 1 to 50? Rod being hung in his jail cell? Is this 49. just
1: Nightmare on Elm Street or just all kills in general?
2: All kills through. All the series. All, all the whole franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They rank the top 50.
3: Okay. And, and just Nightmare. Got it.
2: 49. 49.
3: 49. The franchise, yeah. He, he's 46. It's 46. Awesome. There are oh, wow. all worse that's, ones that's, later on. That's the
2: fan site, You know, the fan, you know, there's, you know, the 46. I mean, it, I don't know how many kills total there is. There's a lot. There's 14. I know there's a lot. Right. But. Forty-six out of the fifty. That that that, that kind of tells you what you need to know.
1: What, what's that, what's what's under that, real quick, if you don't mind? Do you have that information by any chance?
3: Oh, I got pulled up right here. Okay, well, yeah, let's I'd, keep, like, I'd like to know right. what's
1: worse than that. Right,
3: that because I don't. No, there are some scenes in Freddy's. Freddy's dead. Ugh, oh yeah, okay. that are much much worse than Rod's okay. Killer. So
2: you got the uh, let's see here. So right here. You got. Spencer running out of the video game lives and Freddy's dead. Yep, Freddy. That would be of there. course, of course. <laughs> then you got, then you, you got a, a a tie for, uh. Forty eight is random party, uh, party goer gets stabbed. There's yeah, two Yeah, that's. Stabbed. I mean, I mean, no. it's very generic stuff there. And then you got you get Carrie gets stabbed through the chest in a, uh, in part two. Yeah, in part two. Yeah, part two's got some lame kills too. By the way.
1: Yeah, part two got some cool just,
2: kills. But part
1: two is a cluster. But go ahead, Drew.
2: Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then you got, then you got Mark when he gets shredded into a comic book on, on the Dream Child. Oh, yeah, okay, now smart. hold on now. I was kind of. Oh, okay. See, look, I'm pulling. I'm just pulling this from just right. like a random fan. Uh, I kind of like called, that kill. It's called Screen Crush. So I mean, it's just a random thing. Right. I just kind of searched it because I wanted to see and just see if. uh like, these folks kind of think like I do, like, far as where the kill scenes go. Like, do they get the same thing out of I do? Do they feel like this this could have just been, like, left out?
3: Right. No, I definitely think Rod's death
0: could be lower <laughs> than even some of those, man. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? Well, I just want to know, what jail can you just walk up and look down and just, you know, hey, check out this window with this, uh, you know, prisoner just chilling Mm -hmm. in the jail cell like that to me takes me out of it even more than the 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 kill itself plus i mean like you said i know they try to do something different but i mean geez just just just, you know have them their slashes just start cutting him up because you know that's to me is freddy more than uh more than the like the the crazy ridiculous kills but uh yeah, like, like I said, the, the prison cell to me, like where can you just walk up in any prison and jail and look down, mm-hmm. not even up or anywhere, and you know just, hey, have a little conversation or, or check out the prisoner that's hanging out in there. So, Brian, I feel like you are like that? That? <laughs> I am. Oh, my bad, Nico.
1: Go ahead, Drew. I'll, I'll go after you.
2: I was just going <laughs> to say with Brian, he, he sounds just like I am, like with movies. Like I like realistic things, like in me there. too. To, to, to let it go with it. To me, like, I get more involved in the story that way. Like, wait, right. if, like, like he's saying, like, nobody's just going to walk up into the prison and see that shit, you know, make it make sense. If you can make it make sense, and I can see it in everyday life here, and I can kind of go do it, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about, oh, shit, I remember this. You right. know, mm-hmm. it, I get into the story so much right. easier that way. My bad, Nico. go
1: ahead. They kind of treat the jail cell like it, you know, with Georgie, and he just look down into the, yeah. the sewer right, and see right. It's like that, you know, a jail cell is not like that, but, right. but Brian made a good point that I wanted to touch on real quick was, uh, you know, if you're going to kill Rod in there, if you're going to hang him, at least, you know, cut on him, like, like, I remember in Freddy versus Jason with, um, the, uh, the, the second, the other guy who escaped the uh, psychiatric ward mm-hmm. and his brother right. had gotten killed by Freddy, right. and, you know, he cuts him in, he cuts his face in the dream. And then, you know, he writes what Freddy's back or whatever on it. Mm-hmm. He burns Freddy's back in his on his right. back or whatever. Oh, I love that kill, it's, by the it's way. It's like, if you're going to kill... If, if Freddy is going to kill somebody, I think they should have something that shows it wasn't Rod who committed suicide. Right, or, right. Leave leave no doubt that Freddy Krueger is the one who killed him. Go right. ahead, Mike.
3: I'm glad you said that. Because, and they don't stick with it throughout the series, the whole franchise. They don't really stick with this as canon. But a lot of Freddy's <laughs> earlier kills are supposed to be made to look like it was somebody else. So nobody believes the people when they say, oh, Freddie's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be set up like this is a suicide or uh, Rod killed Tina or, you know, it makes n- now it falls flat. When we get to Glenn's death, where how in the hell did anybody do this? This doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Yeah. But right.
0: Right. You mean nobody right. would just run and drive their face into a TV? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like <no>. a three- <laughs> oh, yeah. dude, That's the
3: best. I'm sorry. That's still one of my favorite kills of all time. I love that freaking kill. Uh, But no, man, I mean, it it doesn't as long as it makes sense to the story, like Tina getting dragged up a wall by a thing that you can't see makes sense in this movie. It the the jail cell, uh, I guess we can move on from it because I feel like we're harping on it. But uh, it just falls flat. It's just bad. It's just there. And I feel like Rod. It sounds weird because it's a horror movie, but Rod deserved a better death. (laughs) Right.
2: Team Rod. Hashtag hashtag team Rod. Bad taste in your
1: mouth.
3: Yeah. Hashtag team Rod, baby. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, after this, you know, Nancy's mom is concerned about her, wants to take her, get her tested, get her sleep tested. And, um, this is where Nancy learned something, uh, kind of cool. You know, while she's asleep, she goes through another nightmare. I really didn't take as many notes as I should on this part, so I'm just kind of winging right. this part. Right. But, um, when she wakes up, she's like, I got Freddie's hat with me. So she learned something. So her and Glenn start to, uh, Let's make, let's plot a plan together. Let's try and I'm going to go to sleep and set an alarm and you wake me up when this alarm goes off. <clears throat> so <laughs> go ahead, Mike.
3: No, I, you're I good. See. No, you're yeah. good. I want you to, no, you can keep going. I'm just going to, I'm going to crap all over Johnny Depp when you get a minute.
1: Oh go Okay. So they get this plan to, you know, Hey, we're going to try and bring Freddie into the real world. And, uh, and you know, it's 1984, man. They ain't got no cell phone. They ain't got no YouTube. Right. My man Johnny Depp goes to sleep. He
0: can't stay up, <laughs> exactly. <they're gonna> sleep. <laughs> exactly
1: what I was going to say. He's, he's like, I can't I can't just <sighs> stare at this girl sleeping who ain't giving me no booty. So I'm gonna Yeah, that's sleep.
0: exactly right.
1: He's <laughs> the worst.
3: I'm like, why you planned with the wrong guy. Man.
1: Yeah.
3: and Nancy so, sets all this elaborate stuff up. She's got the tripwire, the hammer, the light bulb that explodes. Great stuff. And Glenn falls asleep like an asshole. Man, I hate that. To... I, I like Johnny Depp in this movie, but he sucks in that scene, man.
1: Yeah, the, the Freddie definitely takes care of him for uh, falling asleep on the girl.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh. Uh, that's actually my favorite kill in this. For this, even though I think my favorite scene is the Tina's death, but like my favorite kill is definitely when Glenn goes
3: out. It's hard to beat, man. It's one of the best kills of all time. Favorite one.
1: So do y'all want to just go ahead and transition to Glenn being back at his house? nancy's trying to call him on the phone or whatever the parents ain't having it um
3: i love the dad <laughs> yeah. i love glenn's dad in this movie he's hilarious
1: uh, yeah, sorry, i have to call you dad. tomorrow click yeah and just leaves the <laughs> phone off the hook you know 1984 style right then all of a sudden you know my man johnny depp's laying in his waterbed listening to music and watching the tv how can you hear both of them <laughs> so uh <laughs>
3: It never made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, do one of y'all
1: want to break this scene down? I know this is one of the most famous.
3: Right. I mean, Brian, but, What are your thoughts on it? Right, right. Who's got the best notes? I guess is what we would.
0: Oh, I mean, there's. Uh, this didn't somebody have like the actual like how it was actually done written down? Like, I mean, I think the visuals are amazing, but even as a kid, I was like damn, that's a lot of blood for like one person. You right. Know I mean, it like fills up the whole room, but, uh, I mean, but you know, still you can't take away the visuals. And you also, I know I was at the age where I was just starting to kind of spend the night with people. And like, there was a couple of my friends that actually had water beds and I, I oh, swear every no. single time I, I no. laid on that I bed, I was like, hmm, I thought of that every single time. Yep.
3: Man, no, thank you to the, ma- no, thank you to that. I'm kind of glad I didn't have to go through that. I'll be honest with you. I'm <laughs> glad I missed that. So, I, I mean, I, I don't have exactly how it was written down, but they did wash, so they cleaned off the... They actually clean. I, I don't remember which order they shot it in, but they had to clean off that room to get it ready for the next kill, which was... I believe they actually shot Glenn's first, if I'm not mistaken. I think they shot Glenn's first and had to clean off all that fake blood, all that corn syrup and stuff, and or actually, I think it was dye. It was like red dye. And then they had to clean all that off and then get it ready for Tina's death. And so they used the same room because they, the director had to be upside down to get that shot of the blood going like a volcano out of the bed. And they had to – the director had to be upside down. I believe he almost fell, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's what it said in the Never Sleep Again documentary. I've seen a bunch. So, I mean, just the way uh, – again, the movie is ahead of its time in practical effects, the way it was shot, the shots they got with the budget they had uh, – and that's one of those. It's just the the small budget that they did have, the way they were able to get all that blood to shoot out of there like that, is really, really well done. And I'm not going to lie, the first time I ever saw it, when he gets sucked into the bed, I was like, oh, sh-. yeah, I dropped some. I was like, here we go. I don't know what's going to happen, but here we go. <laughs> and, man, I was not expecting that. So I will say, in hindsight, it's a, it's a little hokey. It's a little campy how, how much blood they use, but it's still a great scene.
0: Oh, that Mike,
1: so fun, as you mentioned, I actually had that tweet brought up that Wes Craven did on the 30-year anniversary. He said that he was told that over 500 gallons of fake blood were used during that scene. Jesus.
3: Holy 500 smokes. gallons. <laughs> Holy smokes, man.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a lot of blood, man. A lot of fake blood for one scene, but hey, it's still yeah. talked about 35 years later. <laughs>
2: and, and, and you know, they actually put that as a ranking number two on that top 50 list. They that put sense. Death on two. And then they got oh, Tina as number
1: one. Let me ask you a quick question. It's not in this movie, but is the puppet one number three? The ventriloquist? Or oh, I love the that one?
2: Let's see. Because
1: I'm willing to bet Puppet is three and four is the it's prime time bitch with the TV. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let's see. Uh... Top, I'll go for top five right here just for you. We got on oh, per. No, this is just per that one uh, website. You got Tina's one. You got uh, Glenn is two. Then you got the Human Puppet three. Uh, then Jennifer gets Welcome to Prime Time and Dream Warriors. Yep. And then number five is Joy gets waterbedded to death in Dream Master.
0: Okay. Well, um. God, Human body, know. by the way, holds 1.5. Uh, I think it's like one, 1. 1.5 gallons of blood or something like that. So, it's definitely not the the number that Nico. Five hundred gallons was. or something.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I think I think the ending of this movie kind of is hokey to me personally. It kind of uh, loses me a little bit. Is it ever? It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, Nancy is in a nightmare. She wakes up. This is actually one of the best. This is actually a jump scare that still sticks with me to this day. She's sitting on her bed, just chilling. Then, all of a sudden, Freddie just jumps from the other side of the bed on the ground, I guess. (laughs) Scared the hell out of me the first time I watched it, because I wasn't expecting it.
3: Right. No, it's a good um, jump scare.
1: But. I kind of just don't like the fact that she kind of like Kevin McAllister, home alone this this
0: house. Oh, I wrote the same thing down. It, <laughs> I, I,
1: yeah, I figured we'd all write the same thing.
0: Well, just, I wrote that down too. Booby trap. You know, I said,
1: "It's like is the Wet Bandits coming after, her, or is it Freddy yes. Krueger?" You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> right, I'm
1: like, well, Drew. What do you? What are your thoughts, Drew? Because I know we probably all think the same thing.
2: Um, so like. The good thing is, is, I actually when you're talking about jump scares, like one of the, that's kind of one of my pet peeves in movies. Like, Ugh. you better do them. You better do them well. You better do them well, or I'm gonna come at you. So it's one, <laughs> two, three, four, five. Unlike six, seven, the
3: nun, who did a million for no reason. Anyway, like they only did like eleven in this movie.
2: Eleven. Which is and what it's an hour and what thirty minutes I think is what the runtime is like a hour hour thirty five or something like that. So eleven. It's yeah, not real long. And an hour and a half movie. That's that's a pretty good number, but like the frequency in the last like twenty minutes of the movie, right? Is you got the you know Freddy's coming out of the bed, you know with his claw coming out of the bed, then you got uh, when he jumps out of Nancy. That's like at the hour and 20 more. And then you got when Freddie jumped out from behind yeah. nancy's bed when she woke up from the nightmare and then the last one is you know with him bursting through the door and grabs nancy's mother you know those mm-hmm. are your jump scares towards the end like the, to me i thought they did them perfectly
0: right
1: brian what are your thoughts on this last um uh little sequence
0: oh yeah i mean i'm totally with you and the, like i said kevin McAllister, home alone was exactly the description that i wrote down thinking about it and i think it's and and plus i mean i never really understood because they i guess from movie to movie they changed the the mythology a little bit especially like in dream uh and the third one but uh you know I, I don't understand why i mean if you're in a dream you can do anything which they prove that in that movie but yet you know you're setting up you know physical traps around your house that are you know may or may not i mean are they going to be there whenever you're asleep kind of thing it's just Mm -hmm. i I never really understood that it always took me out took me out of it for sure so
3: so i'm guessing the only thing i can come up with and i still don't like it it's very like you said it's very home alone um the only thing i can really think of to justify it is he's brought into the real world is he not is because when Freddy is brought into the real world, as we see in Nightmare Two, which is way too much, but I, I mean, I get. I, I mean, if Freddy's brought into the real world at all, then I guess he is. He becomes a little bit mortal, if it's the way that I understand it. So if if that's the case, okay, it's justifiable, but that's still not a good scene. I, you know, the the battle between the two should be awesome. You know, they're finally getting to meet. Here we go. We finally get to see our badass heroine defeat this. Burned freak guy, and it's very there's some hokey stuff in there. And I actually, uh, you know, he he chasing her around the room and he's she's hitting him with pots and pans or whatever uh, vases and all this stuff. I just didn't like it. I thought that the sledgehammer was kind of hokey. Uh, I thought that the exploding light bulb was kind of cool. It's a cool scene, but uh, uh, again, the whole sequence is just not one of my favorites in the movie. Um, I mean, and really that the very very end the last time you see freddie will kind of is very anticlimactic. if you want to go into
1: that yeah one more thing that i didn't like is nancy told her dad hey i'm going to scream for you and then like the other cops was just like you're okay we're over here you're good it's like go get her dad if she's yelling for her. you know what i'm saying it's her right. it's her dad he's the she's the daughter go get the dad faster you know but um yeah, I agree with you, Mike. The ending's kind of anticlimactic. It's like if we're not scared of you, you can't affect us. It's like really, like right, like sticks and stones. It's like it's like the thing is, is like 1978, a night or Halloween came out, and like you couldn't kill Michael, but all you got to do is just not be scared of Freddy, and
2: right. I can't hurt
1: you. Uh, I mean, I know it's different, but it's it kind of makes Freddy look weaker. But right, you know, and what? Are, what go ahead.
3: Right. Well, in 1978, that Halloween, I mean, that that movie's left open ended because you're supposed to not know if Michael is, and we'll break it down. But you're you're supposed to not know if Michael is human or is he a little bit more than human? What is this guy? The the shape is what he was called in the in the script, the shape. And so that's what John Carpenter was going for. And this uh, this was Wes Craven's original ending was to just I'm not scared of you anymore. And it's a good message, I guess. But it, it doesn't make for a good horror. It, it makes for a bad horror ending, I mean. And look, man, he's being set on fire, and it doesn't matter. And, and the whole thing is just a little hokey. It's a hokey way to end it. And I'm not scared of you anymore, and you just disappear. Um, I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm not a fan of it either because it it, it, it it leaves it open-ended, but it doesn't. because, And we'll get to that. If they were going to do that, they should have just ended it right there what they didn't agree right there i agree right but they didn't end it right there so let's go into that
0: (laughs) go ahead brian yeah so the the very very ending is to me i mean what i guess if you're going to have the uh the car you know with the freddy sweater green and you know the green and red like top come down you know that was an it's kind of cheesy but that was like an okay i guess way to to end it but once you have you know, uh, Nancy's mom gets like sucked back into the, to the door. So it's like, okay, it was this a, this obviously wasn't a really happy ending. This was a, a dream. Was this Nancy's dream or was this her, you know, her mom's dream or what? It just kind of leaves it just out and about. I guess, I guess the point was to prove that, Oh yeah, well, Freddie's not really dead, but it was still kind of, I don't even think they knew uh, how they really wanted to end it to be honest. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, I want to bounce off. Yeah, i like i like that with
2: him. It's like it's almost like they were kind of confused how they wanted in it. And they wanted to make sure that okay, do we do it this way? And it kind of is a definite, or do we do it this way? It's almost kind of like they just didn't know what to do with it. And that's really what made it, what Brian says. It just kind of stuck with me. Is they didn't know what they wanted to do, so they kind of just went along with it.
1: Yeah, Brian, you made a, a good point when you said. Whose dream is it? Because I, because I wrote down in my notes like Nancy was in the car with all of her three friends who died, and then the mom got sucked into the, the house. So whose dream was that? You know, it just it really is a very confusing ending to me. um I really don't know what the heck they were doing either, to be honest with you. But um, yeah. I guess I just want to leave it really, really open ended, so you can think about it or just bounce a sequel off of it. I I really don't know what was going on there.
2: (laughs) You know, know, part of me do you think do you think they were actually thinking about a sequel then?
3: Well, I have your answer. So, if you watch Never Sleep Again, the documentary, which is like a million hours long but really good, goes over the whole franchise, how it was made, and everything was done. They talk about that's why that ending ended up being in there cuz originally Wes Craven just wanted the I'm not scared of you bye bye goes freddy and then they he, she opens the door and everything's all nice and sunny and all that stuff and that's the end that's the end Wes really wanted and the car being red and green striped ha ha freddy's got you again and then the mom being ripped through the window the double ending was all the was all new line it was all it was all New Line's doing, because they, they saw money as they were making it. They saw money in the Freddy Krueger character. And apparently not enough money, because in Nightmare 2, they tried to do someone else that wasn't Robert England and that shit wasn't going to work. Because Robert <laughs> England, which we could talk about, Robert England is the freaking man. And he's not he's not so much Ha Ha Freddy in this movie. He's a lot of very scary Freddy, and I, I, I like that about this movie. I like some of the I like some of this, the funny Freddy stuff, but in this movie, it's the first time I ever saw it. He's terrifying.
1: I agree. Right. I really like this Freddy a lot. Yes. yes. Uh, he doesn't really say funny one liners. He just, the stuff he does to his victims is funny. Like, right.
3: Like, like you like your, your his, own he, fingers he's off, toying with them. Exactly. Right.
1: It's Playing like with this food. Like you, it's like you think you have a chance, but you really don't, because he just cuts his fingers off and grows them right back. <laughs> I, I love the psychological right. fear that he puts into his victims. Right. So, um, we kind of talked about this during the movie or during this breakdown, but um, <clears throat> I wrote down in my notes what to so which one of the two famous kills in this movie is your most memorable or your favorite? Tina with the. Getting drugged up the roof and the wall and then getting slashed, or Glenn getting uh sucked into the waterbed and having all the blood sprayed onto the ceiling. Which one is you guys favorite? My personal favorite. And it it it's Tina's definitely, just cause it's the very beginning of a new franchise. It sucks you right in with her. <clears throat> it introduces Freddie. It's perfect. I I will never forget these the scene in the beginning where she's like, Is this God? And then he's like, This is God, you know that line. That line is so good. That just hooks me in. And yeah, Tina's death is just the best to me. It's just like that's most. That's the most. What the hell kill in this whole movie? It's it's great. Brian,
0: no, I agree. Tina's Tina's definitely. uh, I I touched on that a little bit earlier. Tina's definitely my favorite one now, um, as opposed to when I was younger and uh, with the Drew kill, Glenn kill. Sorry.
3: I was like, "Drew's Dude,
2: dead, go
1: man." <laughs> go ahead,
2: Drew. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I said, my fan. It's kind of weird because, like, you know, I told y'all my favorite scene is the Tina. You know, the Tina scene. That's like my favorite scene. But and I'm actually went back to my favorite kill, and this one's actually Glenn. My favorite scene overall because of this, I'm taking the scene just in right, general, right. Like, bam! That's my. That's what I think of. That scene right there is where my mind goes to when I think
3: back to it. But Glenn's like my favorite kill in the movie. My, my favorite kill out of... I, I'm right there with you, Drew. My favorite kill out of the two is Glenn. Just because of how memorable it is and you don't really see that coming, all that blood. You don't see it coming. My favorite scene, however, I know I said the classroom, but it's real close with, with the death of Tina. Her getting dragged up the wall and stuff is, again, not something I expected. But just as far as a kill goes, it's kind of hard to beat the Glenn kill.
1: Yeah, those two are definitely the most iconic. Two are you know, it's definitely the two of the best in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Most memorable. Um, I wrote down in my notes just a couple of nitpicks that I have. Um, I want to. I want to just touch on jump scares real quick. In the very beginning of the movie, um, Glenn, Tina, and Nancy are sitting inside eating popcorn snacks, and they hear something outside. They're talking about you know their nightmares they have, and they go outside, and you know Glenn says, who's, who's there? Who's there? And nobody answers, and he turns around, and then Rod just tackles him. It's a big jump scare. I hate those kind of jump scares, guys. I hate horror <laughs> movies that use fake jump scares. Like, if it's not really something – like, to me, when I when I watch a jump scare, I put myself in that person's point of view. Right. I am not going to be scared of a cat jumping out of a cabinet. I no. will be scared oh, if would've... I'm sitting on my bed and a burnt man in a red and green sweater jumps from the other side of the bed. Right. With well, a, you know with a razor glove. You know what I'm saying? Does
2: that Yeah, I get fun? I get what you're saying too, but a lot of times like with these jump scares and horror movies, I'm not saying like every time they're like this, but like you're talking about like a cat coming out of a cabinet. Imagine if you were that that character and you were in this situation and a cat jumped out of that cabinet. You are trying to tell me that you wouldn't be
1: scared? I mean, I would be scared, but like if you're gonna do that, don't make, don't put a super, super loud, you know, beam of music with it. Oh, see, like, I'm let, with you
2: on. I'm with you on this. I'm and with you on think,
3: that as well.
1: Yeah, like, like, like in like in the 1978 Halloween, whenever um Doctor Lewis yeah. is just is, is you know he's just thinking, then like the cop puts his hand on his shoulder or whatever. There's no that, that could be a jump scare if they put the noise with it, but he just turns right. around. And he's like, oh, you scared me. That that's an effective. You know what I'm saying I, I hate jump scares. Go ahead, guys. If you got any nitpicks, well, that's my nit, one of my nitpicks. Besides the ending, go ahead, Mike.
3: I got one. I, I have. Well, we went over the double ending. We went over the jail kill. So those are my two big negatives, my two nitpicks. In an overall great movie, at least in my opinion. Um uh, But the the ending that we talked about, the I know, I know it was 1984, but man. When they pull that dummy through the window, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it takes me right out of that scene, man. I can't help it. You, Especially once you realize that's a dummy, and it doesn't take very much to see, it lo- it looks like a dummy. It, it looks like a plush doll, almost. And they used other dummies earlier in the movie. They, they, they covered it real well. And then you get to this scene, and they don't do a good job at all. And I think I, I think it's actually what West said is that they just left it in because they thought, "heck, it, it's at the end anyway. Who's going to say anything we're at not this point?" Notice it. Yeah. He, <laughs> he literally said, "He said, I think we've already made them crap themselves. I think we're good." And so that's so. I mean, it is a nitpick, definitely, but it it takes me out of that scene for sure.
0: Go ahead, Brian. It does look horrible. Well, the practical effects I think are amazing in this movie, but. Yes. But with that said, you can't really talk about terrible practical effects without the, the tongue through the phone, uh, <laughs> the tongue through the phone effect. That thing is, it doesn't even look good. Oh, like it it's just so looks bad. All weird looking. And it reminds me of, I don't know if you guys have ever, I know a lot of people who are listening are probably fans of the Big Bang Theory, but there's an episode where Howard creates these these two, like, uh Making out looking pieces and it has almost the <laughs> it has almost the exact same looking effect in this room. right But yeah, that that's that part that's terrible. And I've already kind of gone over the booby trapping thing. To me, was my my only really blood nitpick of the movie.
2: Drew, yeah, that's I mean he got mine. When I was gonna say that just that the tongue through the phone was just <laughs> awful. Got so. So before, like, what, what was y'all's least favorite kill? What was the least favorite kill for you guys on this one? Rod,
1: I think it's I think yes, yeah, Rod.
2: Yep. I guess I'm the only one that had a different one. Then we're unanimous with Rod. I didn't see mar- the mar- the Marge kill. Oh, the Marge kill is bad. It's a bad kill. I, I kind of had to go with that one. I was just like it, it's the only one. I mean, the Rod. When I, I put it this way, when I watched it before and I remember it, I'm like, okay, it's. When I watched it, I wasn't like, oh, nitpicking. Whereas now, we've seen so many movies, and you see some good right. really cool ones, you see some bad ones, and you see it now, and you're like, oh man, that was really, you know, that was really kind of crappy. But like, but for me, it was it, Marge's
3: kill was my least favorite. And that makes sense. It's a really bad kill. But, yeah. you know, the effects on it aren't that bad, where they kind of sink her into the bed, and you get the blue lighting and stuff. The effects are okay, but the kill, eh, it's a little tame compared to the other kills in the movie, yeah.
1: I agree with that. I do not right. like that part.
3: Uh, yeah, And it kind of, it's kind of not necessary to even kill Marge because the whole point of this is to kill the teenagers. Right. Where I don't really see the point of killing Marge. To punish kind of,
0: them. Yeah, right, exactly. right.
3: And I think it's, I think she's a strong character as far as just, being an alcoholic, I think she's the the ying and the yang with Nancy, where you get the mm-hmm. strong backbone, independent heroine, composed as opposed to her mom, who is a drunk alcoholic and can't handle the guilt and can't handle the grief of what they did to Freddie, and and then you get the dad who just ignores it all and buries himself in his work. And I think those are probably my two favorite characters outside of outside of Nancy or Nancy's parents. What are some of your guys' favorite characters? Hey, no,
2: Drew. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Nancy just because of you know, it's nice to see like a you know what most horror movies you know they, right. they 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 don't give these strong characteristics to the the female leads as they do sometimes with the male leads. So it was nice to see that. Hey, she was on top of, and this is in '84, you know. It's like she's a she's a teen, she's figuring stuff out, and she's right. like thinking it through. She's making a plan. She's going through it, and like everybody else is kind of like ah, but she's just like no, we got this. I love. I, that I, she's that, definitely yeah. my favorite. She's definitely my favorite.
1: Yeah, I agree. I like Nancy too. She's. Um, I mean, I, we didn't like the ending, but it's smart to set up booby traps to you know catch right. the guy. But right. Um, and yeah, I mean, back then it was a different time. You know, it was cool to give a female, you know, another another female besides Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, you know, to use her as a hero, you know, a hero, yeah. or whatever. So it's, yeah. Uh, Brian, who's your favorite character?
0: Well, I mean, Heather Langenkamp and Nancy is my favorite character, like for sure. That's that's why my three favorite nightmares are the three that she's in. Mm -hmm. But I just go a different route. I'm gonna go with Nancy's dad. Oh, Um, love, yeah,
3: love it, uh, love it.
0: And I just I I don't like I I feel like he's a he's a good strong character. I think uh, as Donald Thompson is his name, I believe. And uh, um, I like to see him, um, especially in the uh, when he gets a little bit older. So, I, I like it. I like it.
1: All right. I think the uh, best way to close this, uh, this review out, guys, is just let's rate the movie 1 to 10. And uh, since we all met on Twitter, let's throw our Twitter ads out there if they want to follow us, ask any questions. Is that cool with y'all? I'm
3: cool with that. That's, That's great. Cool.
1: All right. First of all, the horror podcast Twitter is at don'tgooutthere. And my rating of this movie, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I think it holds up well 35 years later. I think Freddie is a cool, a really, really cool villain. Um, I think even though there's not a lot of deaths, I think you know the two that are the two deaths are really good. Right. Now, I'm not gonna let Rod's bad death bring the <laughs> other two down. Yeah, it doesn't kill them. Um, no, 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 it doesn't. And like, and like we said earlier, the the hallway scene is really good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go eight eight point five. I mean, don't no, like the nitpicky stuff. That's but it still holds up to me 35 right. years later.
0: By the way, hashtag team rod probably isn't the best hashtag for the, for I was that. just thinking that I thought that when we said <laughs> it, but right. I was going to let it fly,
1: brother.
3: <laughs> hashtag team rod. That's a shirt. If we ever get to make shirts, by the
1: way, Oh, Brian, you want to go next?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. I'm going to 8.5. Sounds pretty perfect, but I'm not going to do the same thing. So I'm going to go up to a nine, um, just because of how well it holds up. Um, you know, there's there's we are very very small nitpicky things for a movie that is you know thirty plus years old. So um, I'm right there. I think it's almost it's almost the perfect the perfect movie. So um, and my uh, my Twitter ads at behath 4 right, I guess I'll go next. Drew, we'll close with you. I'm gonna give it.
3: Uh, I- I'm gonna go with Nico. Uh, there's only so many numbers you can do here. I'm gonna agree with Nico and go about an eight point five. Like you said, everything. Everything that we love still holds up really well. The the uh glove in the shower scene or the bathtub scene, that still holds up. It's still still creepy. The hallway scene is still creepy. The the all the kill yeah. or the you know the two kills that are really good are still really good. Everything holds up really well for being again thirty five years old now. I just Oh the
0: marshmallow the- stairs. We never talked about how great the marshmallow stairs talk, oh, oh, we talk about things holding up.
3: Oh man, I forgot about <laughs> sticky stairs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, man, you will make me want to bump it down. Now, nah, uh, eight point five is is about perfect, so I'm gonna go eight point five. And again, it's not my favorite Freddy movie. Well, I, I that's Nightmare Three, which I think is the perfect combination of scary Freddy and funny Freddy. He's got some one liners. That's the perfect combo of the two. Because after three is when we get into cool graphics that Freddy, and that's that's not good. So I'm gonna give it an eight point
1: five. Hey Drew, after you do your review, let's talk about comparing one versus three, real quick. Right, just real, just real quick, because you yeah, brought I'm, that
2: up. I'm gonna. I mean, I was like you guys, like eight, y'all are like that. The eight point five. want gonna strictly go with the nine because you gotta believe that that the era that it was put in, right, right. The way it was made, like the whole the kills, the characters themselves, and the man, you know, the main character, which is obviously Freddy, is held up over these years. People you'll say Freddie, and be like, oh, they know exactly what you're talking about. Right. So the longevity of this movie is the reason why I'm going nine.
1: Yeah, um I know we was going to close with Mike brought in the point. I think I tweeted out the other night. I thought the third was the best. But I'm going to be honest guys, I rewatched the third one and it is great. Don't get me wrong. But uh that ending with the guy going to well. the uh, yeah. i hate the I hate the ending so much in the third
3: one.
1: It is bad uh, i i mean the the puppet kill the is prime time bitch that kill oh
2: so good, go. good
1: Robert England you know he winged that kill or he winged that line, but the ending in the third one is just so bad to me I gotta give the the original the nod nice. What you guys' thoughts on that
3: i already i mean I guess I already said mine I like three over one only because now, as far as if its effectiveness and being scary, one takes the cake. That's not even close. But as far as the enjoyment I get out of the movie, I'm gonna go three. It's kind of I have more fun watching three. As far as just like a sit down and a rewatch, I'd rather rewatch three than rewatch one. But they're still both really great. And the end is is crap. It's dog shit. And and I'll agree with you on that. But as far as the welcome to prime time, bitch, <laughs> like. All that stuff. I I really like that, man. That is classic Freddy. Now, again, in four and five, they they completely go off the rails with the Freddy one-liners. But three does it so perfect. So that's why I have three as my number one.
2: Ah, you're talking about one-liners. Here's a one-liner. You don't fuck with the original.
3: Oh. Hey, you just quoted Scream. You just quoted Scream. One of the best horror movies of all time. Good for you.
0: Ding, ding, ding. No, well, I'm, I I'm, what, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm the same way. I uh, when I was younger, three used to be my favorite. But uh, upon rewatch, I I'd sat down probably about three or four months ago and started at one and watched them all through and have a completely different outlook on them. And I don't know. It's because you know you, you watch them when you're older or, and it's different than you remember. Like oh, I had, cool. I used to always quote, um, "Every town has an Elm Street." But hell, that's from the worst one, probably. Or you know, Freddy's <laughs> dead. But uh, I, I definitely one to me, especially upon rewatch, is is the best, the best one. My favorite one, my favorite one's not even either one of them. It's West Cranes' new nightmare. But um, it, it, the the best one, probably to me, is this one.
3: Yeah, I know every ranking in the world has the first one first. I don't know. There's something about the fun, the, the little added element of fun. And I, by the way. Let's not break down three. Let's <laughs> save it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right, Nico. Take us home, man. Let's do it. All right, guys. Uh, oh, guys, my at it. Hold on. My at is SettleMLCFB. Twitter, SettleMLCFB.
1: All right. First of all, I just want to thank my other three co-hosts. Uh, I remember just tweeting, saying, Mike, Drew, hey, man, we need, we all love horror movies. We all talk about it on Twitter. We're, we're two. We're... You know, we're a few of us who do it, um, and then my man Brian starts tweeting all these uh, pictures oh. from his office or oh. whatever. He's <laughs> got all these signed memorabilia. You're guys. the man. Yeah, he 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 is outclassing us big time when it comes to memorabilia. But I just want to thank you guys for doing this with me, taking time out of your day. And um, like I said, our our uh, Twitter is at Don't Go Out There. If you have any positives. Constructive criticism. Let any of us know. We're going. This is our first time doing it, and uh, I really enjoyed talking about it with you guys. I think too, all of you man. enjoyed it too. For oh yeah, sure. and uh, we're going to keep doing this uh, next. The next movie we're going to review is 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween.
3: Woo
1: Michael's favorite. <laughs> it's only because his name is Michael in the movie. Oh, that's <laughs> but, not. <why. laughs>
3: I love but, that movie.
1: So also, also yeah, like um, hey.
2: If y'all have a movie that y'all think we haven't watched or like a whatever right. you want us to review, drop us one. We'll we'll watch it and review Heck yeah, it, man. Heck yeah. But
1: don't don't be real, you know, don't go super indie or something small. Like give us you know, give us some famous movies, you know, some well known ones. But um and if you have any questions, tweet at us. Let us know uh, if you have any horror movie questions or tweet us your thoughts or whatever. But I just want to thank all my, my three co-hosts once again for doing this with me. And I want to thank all of uh, all the people who listen. I appreciate it. i time out of your day to listen to our thoughts. You know, we're not film experts. We're just four regular guys, you know, who like horror movies. So I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much for your time.
2: Ah, see you next week. Cannot agree more. We'll see it.
1: Thank you. Thank you.